I'm Duncan McLeod, and this is TCS, the Tech Central show. Subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash techcentral. And while you're at it, why not subscribe to our daily newsletter? You can do that at techcentral.co.za slash newsletter. Now, I think everyone, pretty much everyone has, over a certain age, I should say, has fond memories of Nokia phones. Um, I lost count of how many uh, Nokias I've owned over the years. I, I think my favorite, I was trying to remember this morning, I think my favorite ever was the Nokia E71, which ran an old, stand to be corrected here, but it ran an old OS called Symbian S60. The uh, person who can confirm whether that's in fact true is Patrick Henshi, and he's the head of product at HMD Global, uh, which is the home of Nokia phones uh, in 2023. Uh, Patrick, it's really good to see you again. It's been ages. I hope you're well. Uh, it has been a while, Duncan, and yeah, great to see you. And I can confirm that, yes, the E71 ran uh, Symbian S60. Uh, I think that launched in 2008 was the was launch of the okay. of, of the E seventy one, sort of back to the, the small a good memory, screens, <laughs> good memory, small screens, qwerty keyboards, yeah, uh, and all the rest. BlackBerry competitor, kind of in the day. Yeah, yeah. it it, um, it was sort of a definitely a business focused device, long mm. like amazing battery life. Yeah, uh, sort of uh, fully functional. You could do your email on it. You could do your email on it. You could <laughs> type text really quickly. You could browse the web. You could do all that good stuff, and it's. It's just amazing, you know, sort of talking about different memories. We were sort of uh, cleaning out a a drawer the other day. We found some old devices. We found a a Nokia N9, which we sort of, we switched on and still worked. That was the old multimedia. uh, It was, uh, it it ran Amigo. It ran Amigo operating system. What was that? I remember that. It was uh, sort of like a full screen smartphone. Yeah. uh, Running Amigo. And it was just amazing at how small the devices were. Yeah, tiny. I think it had a, a 3.95 inch screen. And, and you look at that. That was now, big at the time. It was big at mm-hmm. the time. And you put that in your hand, you look at that and you go like, how wow, could I use this? Did we really do stuff on these <laughs> devices? But yeah, it's always good to sort of wander down memory lane. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I mean, I think everyone's got their own Nokia story to tell. Is the, the joke is that the 3310 that was indestructible. <laughs> uh, yep. I, I remember the editor of Computing SA at the time, which is a publication that's long defunct, but uh, I remember her at the time riding, driving her Jeep over it to see how, how, wow. how, whether it was uh, indestru- really indestructible or not. And the phone survived. Uh, no, it's, uh, that was also an incredible device. I think, you know, sort of the, the predecessor to that was the 3210, which was uh, sort of one of the first mainstream devices that did away with the antenna. So it's yes. kind of this like total evolution of devices. And also just sort of reminiscing about those days, this way back when, when, when devices had uh, big motherboards, mm-hmm. lots of different ICs, uh, and small displays, and nowadays you open a device and it's kind of like a battery and screen and a tiny little you know, integrated t- circuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. So it's also just uh, from a technology point of view, the journey's also mm. been amazing. What was your first Nokia phone? My first Nokia phone was an 8110i. 8110i. That was yeah. that was that was a high end phone back in the day. Well, was that the curved one? That or? was the that was the curved one. Yeah, we did a we did a. Sort of what we call a retro device. We we did redid the eighty one ten yes. in two thousand and eighteen, but yeah, I actually I was a uh, a technician. I worked for a company called RF Group, who were the Nokia distributors in South Africa. I remember RF Group, yes, I remember RF Group. So mm. uh, yeah, from the mid nineties, I was a uh, you know repaired devices. Okay. And as I say, so going back, you know the the sixteen sixteen eleven sixteen thirty one, and then the sixty one ten changed everything. 
And then after that, we you know thought this was the explosion. And then the fifty one ten came, thirty two ten came, it all those devices go, and then it just you know the the, the whole market just exploded. Yeah. yeah. So so in not not looking at today's Nokia branded phones, Correct. in the old days, what was your favorite? Eighty one ten I. Really, I love that 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 first of us. <laughs> Because you could actually uh, download ringtones on it. Mm-hmm. You could. They had a web server set up, and you could actually sort of. It wasn't quite WAP. It was sort of a pre. I was about to say, pre this is the days of WAP. It yeah. was a pre-WAP device, <laughs> but you could sort of download and download these these ringtones and all that. So it yeah. was was quite exciting. And then after that, I've, you know. Over the years, I've had sort of a, a lot of favorites, but I really did enjoy using my XR20, mm-hmm. which was our, our ruggedized device that we launched last year. What an amazing device. And just sort of, you know, takes that whole worry from, you know, laugh, uh, using a device on a daily basis and dropping it and uh, damaging it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get into some of the, the devices you you have in the market now, but but while we're on the history, yeah. uh, just, um, I mean, Nokia is a company that's been through one heck of a history. I mean, people forget where this company originally came from. <laughs> Wasn't it originally a manufacturer of toilet paper? It was a lumber company. It was a tire company. Chem- they were in chemicals too. That's Correct. Right. Yeah. And they sort of through through their lifespan. And at one stage they made toilet paper. Uh, well, they were paper, they were paper mill. Mm. So they started off in forestry, paper mill. So yeah, oh, it was byproduct, <laughs> and then they, you know, went into to rubber, and then I think sort of eighties, nineties, they were pretty much a technology company in terms of making set top boxes, TVs, mm-hmm. um, and then mobile phones and networking equipment, and, and then at a certain point they sort of focused on the the networking equipment and mobile phones, mm-hmm. and then got into the mapping solutions, and if we if we look at where Nokia as a company are today, very much a a leader in 5G technology and networks mm-hmm. on, uh, on the, the, the networking infrastructure side. And people forget, actually, people still associate the name Nokia with handsets, but uh, the ordinary consumer still, I think, doesn't associate it with the, with the telecommunications towers and equipment that actually Correct. makes the networks work as well. And that's a big part of it. That's their biggest business. That is their, that is their, that's their, their bread major, and butter. That's, mm. their, that's their core business at the moment. Mm. And it just shows the strength of the Nokia brand that people yes. still, you know, associated with with handsets. Yes, indeed, been been incredible ride, and uh, uh, it's a lot. I mean, it, it all feels like ancient history now. Where uh, who was the chap from Microsoft who took over at Nokia to try to save it? Uh, his name, name some someone. Stephen Elop. Stephen Elop. He yes. famously, uh, when he joined uh, Nokia, spoke of the burning platform <laughs> and the need to jump off. I'm not sure how well that really went at the end of the day. Um, and then Microsoft, of course, bought the handset assets from. Uh, from 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 Nokia, and we all know how Great. badly that ended up going. Microsoft was very late to the handset market. Uh, I think uh, by the time they were coming to the market, Google had already won with Android, and uh, and the rest, as they say, is is history. And yes. um, and Nokia, the iPhone arrived on the scene, Android arrived, and uh, and Nokia became a. A tiny shell of its former self, but it's still around, and uh, but in a very different guise today. Um, yes, and that's under HMD Global. Who is HMD, and and how did this arrangement come about? So we were born, uh, you know, out of the when Microsoft decided that they weren't going to do phones anymore. Mm. Um, you, you know, there were a lot of. Uh, ex-Nokians or people who had a particular affinity and love for the brand yeah. who who sort of decided that there, there's there's still a market here. There's still, you know, um, the Nokia brand is still strong. Mm-hmm. There's still, shall we say, what the brand stands for, that trust and reliability. There's a gap for that in the market. There was an opening for pure Android. Mm. And on top of that, what, what people also forget is that there's still a massive requirement for feature phones. Mm-hmm. 
in the market. And, you know, throughout all these changes and throughout this whole life, feature phones have still remained a core part of the the, of the business and it still is today for HMD focused on Android smartphones but at the same time we still have a very you know healthy portfolio of feature phones mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh, HMD was spun, spun out of Nokia it was created by ex-Nokia employees it's not owned by Nokia it's not owned by it's not yeah. owned by Nokia it's purely it's a, a licensing a, we sort of licensed the, the Nokia brand right. and we manufacture devices under the Nokia brand but very much sort of sticking to that ethos of mm -hmm. This is the Nokia brand. We have, you know, uh, uh, test requirements that we, we do in conjunction with Nokia to ensure that all our devices, you know, they, they are higher standards than, mm -hmm. than any other of our competitors just to make sure that these devices mm -hmm. still will, you know, live up to da life's daily knocks. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the, the ironic thing about the, all these all these developments, and we are looking ten years into the past now, but the, one of the ironic things about all of this is that Microsoft ostensibly bought uh, the Nokia handset business to keep the Nokia devices out of the Android ecosystem because they were trying to build Windows Phone at the time. Yes, and um, and now Nokia is obviously in the market post all of that with 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 Android phones. Um, I mean, do you, do you just looking back? You lived through all of this. You, yes, you were working at Nokia and then subsequently HMD Global as all of this history was happening. I mean, yes. looking back at looking back at it all now, um, what do you think? Perhaps should have been done differently. Do you think? Uh, do you think their their um, you know different decisions would have had a different outcome today for Nokia? Wow, there's been so many sort of explanations. I'm sure there's sort of Harvard business cases. And I'm sure <laughs> all all that type of stuff. You know, you there's there's the corridor talk, but really uh, for me, it's I've been on a journey. Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed the journey. I've learned so much. I've grown so much as a person through this whole tech journey. Uh, I've had good experiences wherever I've been, and you know, right now it's about you know, focusing and in enjoying life at HMD yeah. and, you know, sort of taking the brand, the Nokia brand further and with, with feature phones as well as Android smartphones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, certainly an adventure you've been on in <laughs> over the last uh, last uh, decade or so. Yes. But Patrick, t tell me a bit about um, where Nokia, or where HMD Global positions Nokia in the market today, both globally and in the South African context. Where, where, where are these devices pitched? What do you do differently to other device manufacturers that... Uh, that might entice consumers to the Nokia brand? So every market is very different mm. and we're very cognizant of that. And we look at that and we say, right, in these markets, where can we succeed and where can we differentiate? So for South Africa, if we look at 2022, it's always interesting when you talk to different people mm -hmm. and what their perception of the best selling smartphone in, in the country is, or who sells the most smartphones in, in South Africa. If we look at smartphones, uh, sort of taking data from, say, IDC, 70% of devices sold in South Africa cost less than 3,000 Rand. Mm. And that's not, you know, sort of, that's that's a once-off 3,000 Rand payment. Yes. So you can imagine for a HMD when we started out, it was where where should we focus on? Where should we look at? And that's where the biggest opportunity in in the market was. And we still continue there today with our C-series, which are a you know, budget-friendly, mm. user-friendly, data-friendly device where you know, we, we drive uh, devices in that. We also, if you look at the different channels in the market, you've got your prepaid and your postpaid um, channels. We definitely are more focused on the prepaid side, but then we also 
you know, take a lot or online mm. has been a great sales channel for us, for people looking for high end devices, yeah. running pure Android with, uh, you know, really great spec. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of your selling points is the fact that Android is not heavily customized. It's basically stock Android running on these devices. It's right? basically, yes, it is stock Android running on the devices where we have a couple of bespoke applications. There's a My Device application, which mm -hmm. allows you to sort of re, um, interact with tech support. The camera is normally a bespoke application. Otherwise, the device comes with the Google services yeah. um, loaded on the device. So once again, it's if we compare ourselves to other competitors in the same price bands. There's far less bloatware on the devices or, or no bloatware on the devices. Mm. It gives the consumer more space, more control over their, their data spend um, and total control over what applications they load onto the devices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, presumably the fact that you aren't doing heavy customizations means you can push out updates well, quicker than some of your competitors. Definitely. And I think that's also been a, a key point for us. So, we streamlined the portfolios into C, G, and X. Mm -hmm. G and X, uh, those run an Android One, uh, part of the Android One program, whereby they get three years of monthly security updates. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, that's 36 monthly updates on a device, as well as if there are sort of software updates where they get two OS updates. So if we launch mm -hmm. a device on Android 12, you're getting an Android 13 and you get Android 14 for the G and the X series. For the C series, there's often a trade-off in terms of what is, you know, how do we make a device more affordable mm. and, and what do the consumers actually want in that scenario. And we're still proud that even on our C series, we do two years of quarterly updates okay. um, on the device. Security updates. Security updates, yeah, because we very much start a product with this, you know, security by design yeah. or privacy by design where we want to keep the devices up to date and, and drive that whole conversation around, it's okay to keep your device for longer. Mm -hmm. um, I think that with G-Series, we've now started on a journey where, you know, in terms of differentiation in, in some markets, it's really about sustainability. And our device we've uh, launched at MWC, the G22, it's one of the first devices that comes with a uh, easy repair capability. So we definitely believe in that right to repair. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and this device actually comes with, there's an iFixit manual published on the web. Uh, you can order the tools. You can order sort of battery um, off the device. So one of the, one of the first things you'll be able to do on that device, much easier repair of battery, charging port, mm -hmm. and, and display. Um, guards available. And just building in that direction where, yeah, your device is going to be relevant for longer. Do you plan to do that with all of your devices? Is this the first three years? It's, the, it's the first device, and it definitely for us is a, you know, a journey on on sustainability, uh, devices lasting longer, mm. giving consumers um, more comfort with their device. You know, it's connect the world without costing the earth. That's sort of one of the mm. you know you know viewpoints of that. I'm sure you guys have done some market research in South Africa uh, about what consumers feel about the Nokia brand. I don't know if you've done that sort of research recently, but what what is the view out there? I mean, as I mentioned at the start of our discussion, yes. people still have an affinity for the Nokia brand. They yes. remember it from the old days when they when they used uh, an old Nokia feature phone or one of the early smartphones. Yes. Uh, but uh, today, uh, when you speak to consumers, what what is their what are they telling you? What what, what is their view of Nokia as a brand? So so once again, it, it's, if you if we're talking in sort of areas where we are selling devices and heavily promoting devices, yeah. it's all about you know uh, love it, trust it, keep it. 
Sure. You know, love my device, I trust my device, and I, I keep my device for for longer. So there's still definitely, and it's not just in South Africa. Yeah, I sort of, I have the privilege of sort of being involved in other African markets and just, you know, Africa, Middle East, um, mm-hmm. there's still this affinity to Nokia. And also that comes from still having a very strong feature phone market where for, for some people, their first device today is still a, a Nokia device, Yeah, you know? And it's it's amazing also how many people, regardless of what smartphone they've got, they've still got a, you know, a Nokia 105 in their pocket, which is Mr. Reliable, make calls, <laughs> it's my torch. And I still I think, have one. I use it to go running with. <laughs> and I, uh, honestly, I still think the Nokia 105, one of the iterations mm. of it, is probably still the most talked on device in South Africa. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a Nokia 105, which I which I put in my moon bag when I go running sure. uh, as, a, as an emergency backup. And I mean, in, in today's, you know, if we look at the, the challenges we're having with electricity at the moment, what's better than a device with sort of 30-day standby time? <laughs> okay, yeah. an emergency, you make a receive call, it's got a torch on it, it's got a built-in FM radio where that doesn't need an antenna, you can tune into a radio. Mm. So, mm. yeah, it's, you know, I think the, in, in, in certain sort of segments of the market, there's still, you know, Nokia, wow, Amazing, great yeah. device is still still number one. Right. What about the top end? What about competing with the iPhone and the Galaxy S twenty three series? Uh, is that um, is that something that's on the roadmap, or are you going to stick to mid range and below? See, once again, it's about where are the opportunities. Mm. Where, where are we going to be able to differentiate our, our, ourselves? And I think the journey we've taken with sort of uh, certain markets where it's about the C-series and, and meeting that, uh, you know, consumer need. And if we look at other markets where it's, you know, about the G-series, where it's about the OS updates, and now starting this whole journey about the, you know, easy repairability. So we'll we'll see where that takes us. Mm-hmm. You know, it started off with the security updates. It started off with telling people, you can keep your device for longer because we're going to keep the software relevant. And now it's a case of, hey, hopefully you can, you know, re- repair your devices. Which are those components which get repaired the most often? Mm-hmm. Okay, how do we make that that easy and we, we move on from there? So there are three uh, Nokia lineups in the smartphone space. There's the C, which we've touched on, which is uh, really the entry-level uh, devices. And then you've got the G and the X. Yes. What are the G and the X? Just take us through where those are positioned exactly and what so, they do. Uh, so so G series, uh, that would be, you know, anywhere between a – so if you're talking price points, you'd look at sort of between 4,000 and sort of 6,000 Rand. Okay. Those devices are Android One phones – they give you two years of security or three years of security updates, monthly security updates, and two years of OS updates. And really, it's about keeping your device uh, for longer. Okay. Next series where we, uh, you know, the devices that, you know, they pushed us a little bit, uh, you know, to to sort of make a, what is now considered a mid-range device. Uh, you know, if you look at the price points at, you know, around 10,000 Rand, which is now cons- crazy that it's now considered a- Mid-range is terrifying. M- mid-range devices. Yeah. But, you know, using a great processor memory and, you know, uh, great imaging capability on the devices. And also, once again, giving you that uh, security of three years of security updates, two years mm-hmm. of uh, OS updates on the devices. And then also with that, we introduced the T-Series, which was a range of tablets. So I saw that, yes. yes. So we've got the T10, which is an 8-inch tablet, and we've got the T21, which is a 10.36-inch tablet. Once again, giving people that option of 
security updates as well as OS updates on the the devices. And once again, that sort of those devices really fit into the security by design and privacy by de, by design. We actually have a website where you can go and check it. Nokia, you can just Google Nokia security updates mm-hmm. and you can actually see a list of all our devices. You can click on each and every single device and it'll show you when each security patch was launched. And that. so we've got this amazing track record right. on that of releasing these updates. It's not just something we, we say we do, mm-hmm. we actually show and we're very transparent yeah. about how we do that. Right. And then, you know, one device we spoke about was the XR20. Yes. And we've now just announced the XR21. And that was very much a device which took the the rugged devices you currently get and put that more into more mainstream everyday look and feel. So right. you don't feel like you're walking around with this behemoth device. It almost, it's a yeah. normal looking device that looks like it has a cover on it, mm-hmm. but essentially you don't need a cover for it. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. And I'm sure there's a big market for that. I'm amazed actually uh, here in, in South Africa in particular, just looking at people's phones and how many screens are broken and cracked. Call it the, I call it the Spider-Man edition. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually remarkable. Uh, I, would, I would guess that uh, 30, 40 percent of phones out there are actually have broken screens it is and and just you know talking about that uh with our c series and our g series devices what we did is we took a decision where i call it that um from counter to car comfort mm-hmm. where we actually uh especially on the c series devices where the majority of them come with a factory fitted screen protector on the device okay as well as we put a what we call a tpu or a clear plastic cover in the box. So mm-hmm. straight away, when you get your device, uh, you can put a cover on it and you know your screen has got some uh, protection to it, which for uh, a consumer, once again, it drives that sort of value conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this is what you know, I- I'm getting. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing worse than, you know, buying a device and, and, and dropping it before you get to go and, you know, purchase your accessories for <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, another mm-hmm. addition that or value that we add for, for C-series devices. How important is the South African market to HMD Global? Uh, very important. I think uh, we were instrumental in driving the sort of the conversation around the C-Series, which I think uh, up until 2021 had driven around 16% of our total sales. Mm-hmm. Um, not the South African market, but just C-Series, sure. in, C-series in general. And it's a market where we've had, you know, we've been consistently in the top five smartphone, smartphone brands in South Africa in terms of volume sales. Okay. Uh, feature phones, we've been consistently number one or number two in terms of feature phone sales. So, yeah, South Africa market is very, very key to, to HMD Global. That's where our, mm. sort of, shall we say, our, our regional hub sits in South Africa looking at sub-Sahara Africa. I was going to say, there are quite a few South Africans who were actually involved in the launch of HDMD Global originally, right? Well, if you remember, it was uh, 2017. We had, a, we had a function here. That's how long ago. It was almost in June. It will be, we, June will be six years from when we launched our first uh, devices, Nokia 3, Nokia 5, and Nokia yes, 6. right. Um, and yeah, there were, you know, there still are a number of South Africans involved oh, in yeah. the, uh, in, in, I seem to recall there was a South African person involved in the original keynote launch. Uh, I, I was there. You were there. I was there. But there were, there were others. There, there was, was a lady. R2, there was yeah. R2. There was, um, uh, Justin Meyer, who's, uh, oh, who's yes, our Justin. VP for Sub-Saharan Africa. Mm-hmm. Justin is, is still there. So okay. no, I mean, HMD and, and South Africa and Nokia and South Africa have got a, yeah. a, a long, long relationship. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I'd be remiss before I let you go, Patrick. I'd be yes. remiss in not asking you about the feature phones because uh, you have over the years released some very cool sort of retro-looking devices yes. with up-to-date tech in them. Yes. Uh, there was the banana phone a couple of years ago. I forget the model name. That was the 8110. That was the 8110, the yeah. banana phone. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and you relaunched that as the 8110 as well. That Correct, was what it was yes. called. Okay. So, so 8110 4G. Which, which other devices have you done that, that, that sort of pay homage to Nokia's history? We started with the 3310. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was uh, the privilege to be at Barcelona when we sort of That was a lovely looking device. Yeah, yeah the mm. 3310, the, the relaunch of that was amazing. Mm. Whoever thought that a feature phone would get that much attention. Mm. Then it was the 8110. Then we've done a 6310, which was a slightly bigger screen. We've done a 5310 music device. Mm-hmm. We've done... Uh, We've done the 8210 4G as well. And also, once again, you know, keeping up to date uh, as much as, you know, 2G is still very relevant. Mm. We have started, you know, moving in that direction where we have feature phones supporting 4G technology, giving crystal clear quality over over mm. Volte or voice over LTE. The operators require that. I mean, the, the, the operators want to move away from 2G and 3G at some point. <laughs> Uh, that's always a, an, an interesting debate. There mm. are some markets in the world where they've completely sort of switched off 2G and 3G. So, so those markets, it's, you know, 4G feature phones are sort of your, your entry level. Um, but yeah, I think… Do you still have 2G-only devices? We still have 2G-only only devices. I think 2G in Africa is still very relevant, still very much a, you know, used for voice um, on devices. Yeah, yeah. It's the, uh, once again, it's that sort of old faithful, long battery life. You can always get hold of me. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my, my smartphone might have run out of battery, but uh, my feature phone my hasn't. My dependable feature phone will carry on working for weeks. <laughs> and that's also something that we've really focused on with the smartphones is you sort of, you know, long battery life. Mm. You know, optimizing battery life by not having all these sort of third-party applications and their, yeah. you know, data battery life. So that's a big focus for us on, on our devices. Yeah. yeah. And these uh, these spe- special edition, I'm not sure what you call them, the special edition phones that you bring out that, that, uh, that pay homage to old Nokia phones. Yes. Uh, I mean, they… Um, they, they get a lot of people talking. Is that the reason you release them? The fact that uh, people keep talking about the Nokia brand and wow, look at this. Do you remember this device from the old days? And it, just, it helps with your marketing. It just, no, or, or, it just, or is it actually an important part of what you, of your very lineup? much an important, but it just also, mm. it shows the, the kind of the, the love for the Nokia brand. Yeah. It's still there. You know, it's, it's not just about a device. Mm-hmm. I think for us, if you talk to some of the designers, it's very much about, crafting something and making something that people are going to enjoy mm. and people are going to look at. So it's not just, he has a slab of glass, put a battery on it and, and, and send it out. There's yeah. kind of like a, a lot of thought and they're very passionate people behind the scenes making it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they've got that sort of, you know, that history and that, and that love. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, everyone remembers Snake. <laughs> Everybody remembers Snake. Everyone yes. loves Snake. <laughs> you can still you can still play Snake on these feature phones. You right? can still play Snake on the feature phones. Yes, it's still available. Amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Patrick Henshi is uh, head of product at uh, HMD Global. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and chatting about Nokia today. Much uh, appreciated. Thank you, my pleasure. Yeah, uh, hope to come back someday. Thanks very much. Thank you. Cheers.